Hey guys, I am so excited for today because we have gotten to my for real favorite episode besides mock-ups. Mock-ups don't count because that's photography. I am so super, super excited to talk about this topic and that is expanding your niche. It's probably going to go a little bit different than you think. So grab your coffee, grab whatever you're doing, start designing, and let's talk about this. All right, you ready? The first thing that I'm going to say about niches is this. Do not get obsessed with a niche. So that's something that has been so helpful for me as I have expanded my own predominant... Oh, I can talk. My... <laughs> How many times have I done that in this podcast? I don't know, like every other episode um, <laughs> in the very beginning. <laughs> so don't get obsessed with a niche. Don't feel like you have to like have the idea. Like if you decide to start making print-on-demand items, start making design work, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do stuff with butterflies, and then you end up not making stuff with butterflies, that's okay. We talked about this way back in the beginning of the podcast that sometimes your ideas change, and sometimes what you like to make isn't what you actually like to make. So don't get obsessed with a niche and don't get so obsessed with being like, this fits my niche, like I'm laser focused. This is something that I talk about a lot with photography. If you're interested in hearing more about my perspective on niche, I can link one on niches. I can link one about, um, it's photography related, but I have a podcast where I talk a ton about this topic and about niches and, um, I can definitely link that below. I'll do that in case anybody wants to hear that, where I go really hard into it about niches and how niching is a lot of things. And it's not just about being like laser focused on one thing. So with photography, that is like, um, there's people who photograph um, just like to just do product photos. And so that would be a niche, but like it can get niched farther and farther down. And for me, I don't have a niche in photography. My niche is a feeling instead of just one thing. So I photograph a ton of stuff. I photograph everything from mock-ups, as y'all know, to seniors, to weddings, to families, to products, to literally everything, except I don't do real estate. I don't do real estate at all. And I don't really do a lot of headshots because I do headshots sometimes, but they're more like styled headshots. So it's a little bit different. So, okay. You can try different things. You don't have to have everything that fits in specifically. And so let's do this. I feel (laughs) a little ridiculous doing this, but this is what we're going to do. If you haven't looked at my shop, go look at it. I'm totally serious. Like, I think I'll put the link on the website, like on the, um, not just the website, but in the Spotify and show notes for whatever platform you're listening to. So go click on it and go look at it. Like I'm telling you to go look at my shop, which I know is not the norm for people who put out any content about print on demand. Go look at my shop. Okay. Are you back? What do you think my niche is? Does it jump out at you? So my photography, and I know we talk about both because they're all hand in hand because I'm a creative person and I have a creative voice as everyone does if you've made it this far into this podcast. I believe you have it too. So my photography is meant to have a very specific feeling. That feeling, it's this. I want my photographs to have the feeling when like a kid opens up a box of 120 crowns and you have all that hope and excitement and just like feeling that like you're going to make some cool stuff. It's just exciting. It's colorful and fun. And you have so much hope rating off of you. That is a very specific feeling that I go for in my photographs. I want all of my photographs to have. It's not something that you would think about, but um, like when you first see a photograph, but when I explain it to people, it makes sense. 
So I want you to look at my shop one more time. Just scroll through a couple pages, go to most recent, whatever, go for it. My Etsy shop. Okay, so with print on demand, it's this. I want all of my print on demand items to feel like that totally ridiculous t-shirt you find in the middle of a thrift store. Is that what you would have like, is that what you have thought when you found my shop? Maybe not. But now that I've told you, can you see it? Can you see what I mean? right? So I talk about how I have bookish history and photographer merch. Of course, I have other things too, but that's basically it. History merch, funny floral animal collages, book merch, and like the most ridiculous book merch. Like there's like plot synopsises that say things like, mentally I'm in a late night garden where the heroine sneaks out and when the heroine, the hero has to rescue her, she looks compromised so she has to marry her. He has to marry her to save her reputation. Like I literally have that phrase on a blanket and shirts and it's not even like my most ridiculous item. I love making fun and kitschy stuff. And if I saw a shirt with those words at a thrift store, like that I can barely even get out. I've never read that out loud. And like, oh my gosh, that was so hard to say the mentally I'm in a garden thing. Um, If I saw that at a thrift store, I would snag that shirt so fast, you wouldn't even see the movement. Like I would just grab it. I would die laughing and be like, this is coming home with me. Like it's so unique and funny to a specific kind of book lover that even if I were not a book lover, I'd want it if I came across it secondhand. Like it feels special. It feels like important to the person who had it. Like it feels like a story. I want my items to feel like there is a story, like there is a connection to them. This is what I love about print on demand. I love creating really kitschy and colorful items that make people happy. I like things that feel personalized without actually being personalized. I like things that are a little jokey, but things that like, um, also just like if you gave them to someone, like they would feel totally known. Like if you gave someone a shirt that said, mentally, I'm in a late night garden, blah, blah, blah. And you talk about a plot synopsis, and I don't remember if that one sold because it's fairly new, but I have ones just as ridiculous, if not more ridiculous, that sell. I do like little plots, basically, for some of my book items, like just funny. And I come up with them really fast, and I put them up, and they sell. So not sell all the time because they're not for every person, but they are perfect for a specific person. Because like with things like gifts, which platforms like Etsy are huge for, isn't that what we all want at the end of the day for our loved ones to know us? I think we do. And I think really unique and fun items like this that we can create with print on demand because there is no inventory is just so freaking fantastic. And that's why like I love scaling and I love everything. We're bringing everything together. This is why it's my favorite episode. Like this is why it's so freaking fun to bring all of these things together and to really create eight stuff that make people feel seen. I think with print on demand, we have an amazing opportunity to do that just simply because you cannot, you can have stuff that doesn't need inventory. I know I said that already, but that is why it's so freaking cool. Like, would I mass order a shirt that says mentally I'm in a late night garden? No, I wouldn't. I would never mass order that. Like, I would not get like 50 of those and then try to sell them at a shop. However, I might do it with a tote bag if I was a if I was a shop, like a physical shop. And then I love having that on my website because it's so specific for a certain person and it's great for gifts. So since I've been involved in print on demand, I have seen so many negative comments that the items aren't unique. And while there is occasionally some truth of that, and there's definitely copycatting in the print on demand space, I love print on demand because we can really just create whatever we want to create. If you're listening to this, that might mean you just really 
want to create shirts with rainbows. It might mean you want to make shirts with minimalist text that say ridiculous things like, I like salt and pepper, but paprika is the better. Is that a shirt I'd wear? No. But could I see myself giving that to my husband, like, jokey-like? Absolutely. Like, it's funny. Um, Your niche isn't just about a certain type of item or a certain occupation or interest within an interest. Your niche is about you. What do you like? What is fun for you to create? How can you make this work with whatever is selling on your shop? There's like no one right way to do everything. And what I mean with this is like, yes, it's so important to study trends. It's so important to do your research. It's so important to look around and see what is selling. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying negate all of that information. I'm saying if you want to have a long-term sustainable business, it's going to do better if you, and it's a creative business like print on demand, because that is what it is. It's a creative business. You have to come up with stuff. You have to come up with ideas. And because you need to be coming up with your own stuff, it's going to require your own spin of creativity and your own thought process. So with that, it is just so important. Of course, like people will say like, follow the money or like, which is anyways, um, not just follow the money, but like, (laughs) they'll say like, look at what's selling. Of course, those things are important, but because trends change, You have to do what is fun for you too, because eventually if you're not doing things that are true to you, that business is going to never have any kind of overall branding. And it's also never going to be able to be like as safe for you landing wise, because if you're making stuff unique to you, you'll always be able to come up with more ideas. Does that make sense? You'll always be able to pull like that um, mental bank that you have with ideas is just going to get bigger and bigger and they're going to get more niche and more fun. And you're really going to be able to attract people that like that same kind of vibe. So as always, there's no one right way to do everything. This is my advice and my pattern of thinking as someone who's had a long-term creative business, but print on demand is new to me. So who knows? I might look back on this podcast in a year and be like, "Mm, I I didn't have the best ideas there, but I really feel strongly as someone who at this point in time, as a creative person who knows that it takes a lot to run things um, long time and that you really can't ever just skate on anything. It's very easy to be like, oh, well, I'm going to try and make my first 10K and then it's going to be great. That's not how it works. Sometimes you can make 10K really, really fast and then not make another sale afterwards because you didn't have the, you didn't know how you made that 10K. Sometimes you make a bunch of money and then for some reason your shop doesn't perform well anymore and you need to be able to re-examine that. And if you're making stuff that is unique to you, you can look more into those patterns. You can look at things that you've done in the past that drove traffic and drove sales. But if you're just making a bunch of stuff that doesn't really make sense and is really easy for really anyone to make, then it's going to be harder to own that style. So that is why I'm talking about expanding your niche. It is not just about one thing. It is about a feeling. So if thinking outside of the box isn't your strong point, that is totally okay. I am not trying to be in any way discouraging. If you really love making occupational shirts, absolutely do that. If you like to chase trends, 
fantastic. Just know that if you are trying to like chase just after a certain amount of money, you will easily face burnout. And burnout is not great. We don't want to burn out in our businesses because we're constantly chasing something. We want to be creating. Don't think of it as chasing. Think of it as creating. And that's why sometimes we're going to have times where we have a ton of items in our shop as we're figuring out niches and then they'll get kind of um, chipped away over time. It is a creative business. Print on demand is a creative thing to do. So keep thinking outside the box the best you can. If Again, if that is not your strong point, then be like, okay, I like this, this, and this, and try those things out and try to tie those things together, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, I This one, I feel like this podcast is a lot more like... Um, uh, because I am so passionate about creativity and we're kind of like talking about that. You're getting like the full brunt of like what I usually am like when I teach photography. <laughs> so sorry, guys. <laughs> I can be a little intense. <laughs> so <laughs> Okay. If you feel constricted in your current niche or theme, look at ways to expand. Do you do a lot of funny sayings? Great. Try those funny sayings with funny graphics. Better yet, try those funny sayings with really like traditional, more serious graphics. Have a dry sense of humor. Use that in your designs. I found that in my shop, the normal stuff does not sell well. I think that's because of when I came on to print on demand. And as print on demand evolves, it's going to be more and more harder and harder to break in because it gets more people. I don't believe in oversaturation. I believe that people can always find their place in the market. But I do believe that if you start something earlier, you have more opportunity. It's like we talked about way back in another episode about the pressed flower bookmarks. If you are the first one to do pressed flower bookmarks, you're going to do great. If you're the first one to market that on social media, you're going to be great. If you're the first one to understand SEO, then you're going to do great. But later on, there's going to be people who understand all of those things. So you can come in and sell press flower bookmarks, but they might need to be press flower bookmarks of flowers that you grew by yourself in your garden and you do a TikTok about it as you are doing those things and interact with people who love flowers. Like you have to take it farther and farther into those marketings and into those niches. So use any of your personality traits in your design. And that sounds like, oh, like I'm not saying constantly examine yourself. I'm saying that as you let yourself make the funny and like kind of weird stuff, you're gonna be open to more and more ideas. So I found that in my shop, my normal stuff, again, does not sell well. I do not sell holiday merch, occupational merch, or stuff meant for coffee lovers. I have a couple of items for that kind of stuff. And I even have a holiday section in my shop just in case case, but is not stuff I sell a lot of. Instead, I sell a ton of super niche down items that are niched into subjects and and design styles too. And want to know what's great about this? If you have a design style, you can do basically any niche. Isn't that awesome? Here's what I mean. If you love to design merch for dog moms, you can expand that into all kinds of pet moms, whether it's cats, birds, frogs, or fish. (laughs) My son would definitely feel like he is a fish parent. (laughs) He also has a little frog and he's obsessed with it. (laughs) He's so cute. You can really have fun with all of these kind of topics, like expanding into different kinds of pets. Because while there's a lot of dog moms out there and a lot of dog mom items, there's going to be a lot less for bird moms. So there's going to be more items and more demand for dog moms than there would be for bird moms. There will also be less demand for bird items. But if you incorporate your sense of humor into a bird mom design, there's going to be someone out there who is looking for a gift for a bird mom in their life. Also, I have no idea if bird mom is even a term. I'm just like, probably not. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that's just an example of something that's like funny. Like it's like a fun way to spread the wings of your shop, right? To like really get in there and have some fun items. So you have your dog mom stuff, but then you have stuff for bird moms, for fish moms, for cat moms, for hamster moms. Like, and you just like make it a whole thing. Like have fun with it. Fox moms. There's people that have foxes, right? I don't know if it's legal, but I think some might. <laughs> Things like that. You would have a theme in this case, but it wouldn't be constricted. You would have so much opportunity. And that's the thing that I think is so missed in this discussions. If we're constantly just chasing trends, constantly just looking at what other people are doing, then we are missing so much of what we can be doing in our own work. So because print on demand is new, I think that like a lot of this information is so fantastic that's been out there already. But again, I'm coming at this as someone who has had a long-term creative business. And I can say that the most damaging times in my career is the times where I am constantly looking at what people are doing besides me. And it doesn't even matter what it is. Like, of course, it'll be photography related because my main thing is photography. If I am constantly looking at a photographer who I feel like is a better photographer than me, because I cannot be the best photographer in the world. Like, it's literally impossible. No one can be the best photographer all of the time. They can't. So even if there was a split second moment at one time for a second that I was the best photographer in the world, which there wasn't, someone else will be the best photographer later. Like that's just how it works and different people have different styles. So if I get on Instagram or I get on TikTok and I just like watch a bunch of photographers who are killing it on their feeds, then I will start to feel bad about myself. Um, And that is as someone who is confident in my style and I have my style figured out and I can, you know, take photographs literally in the dark with my eyes closed. Um, I love photographs and it's so fun. But I can still feel really bad about my work and be like, oh, my photographs suck at times. Sometimes it just feels like that. You can really fall into the trap of competition if you want, if, if you let yourself. No one wants to, but if you let yourself, you absolutely can. So, okay. There's lots of ways to expand. First, of course, is to keep your eye on your own plate. Like, of course, and I'm not invalidating so much of the great information out there. Of course, all of those things are important. We're going a little bit farther, though. It's a great to start your design work and to start your print-on-demand shop by looking at what's selling, getting some fun ideas, and just kind of like trying those out. But the more you create your shirts, the more you create your designs, the more you're going to have more and more um, just personality come in them. It's like when I started taking photographs, they were pretty boring and I didn't really have the basics down. But now, you know, I have the basics down and I, you see my mock-ups. I will build huge sets. Like that's fun. But I couldn't have done that when I started photography. Do not compare your beginning to someone else's like 15th, 16th, 50th chapter. It's not the same thing. So don't feel discouraged if you're getting in there and your designs aren't selling yet. It happens. Sometimes it can take months to get a sale. Just be, have fun with it. Let yourself have fun with it. That is going to be the most important thing with the design um, work like print on demand. Because like I said, I will never consider myself a professional designer. I just think of myself as someone who can make fun and cute collages and have fun with it. So for me, it's fun and I have found some success in it. Again, I am not someone who is ever going to live off of print on demand. So always keep those things in mind as we're talking in this podcast. So a few ways to expand would be a common thread. 
An example of this are the rainbow occupational shirts and leopard occupational shirts that were really big in 2020 when I, 2022, not 2020, in 2022 when I started print on demand. They were everywhere. While you can't easily break into those niches now, I think they still are around. They'd be like a rainbow and it'd say like speech therapist underneath it. You can't break into that right now in 2024 when this podcast is releasing, but you could have a couple of years ago. Instead of getting down about this, though, think about it. What is a common thread in your design? So I'm not saying just use a rainbow graphic over and over. I'm saying that, like, do fun stuff. So for me, it's that my designs are a little cheeky. Well, they're not all totally cheeky. Some are pretty basic. When you look at the overall shop, you get a feel for the personality. And while not every buyer is going to visit your actual shop, some will. Again, selling on Etsy. If you are not cheeky, your items do not need to be cheeky. My items are also very floral and cottage quarry. Not every single one, but a lot of them have like hundreds of flowers on them. This isn't because of trends. This is because I'm the kind of person who gives my kids sunflower seeds every spring and tells them to plant them wherever they want in the garden and in the yard. I just give them seeds a couple times over a couple of weeks um, and just like let them go to town and plant sunflowers wherever they want. Like I adore flowers and they burst all over our yard from spring to winter. So like constantly, I'm like, I give my kids seeds all of the time to go and plant them and just like have fun. And like, it's like, I call it guerrilla gardening. I don't know if that's actual thing, but that's how I think of it. I'm like, take these seeds, plant them. And they do. And then a lot of times they just plant and they'll be like right by a step in the garden because I've let them just plant them anywhere. And that is fun for me. Other people would have a total breakdown of their kids planted a bunch of sunflowers everywhere. For me, I'm like, this is so freaking cool. And I love it. And like, yeah, last summer, um, my daughter, she was three at the time when she planned it. She planted a huge sunflower right by a step. It was like 15 feet tall. And so we're always like having to go around it. And to some people that would annoy them. But for me, I'm like, I can't believe my daughter play on the sunflower. This is so freaking cool. Like I adore having that kind of life in my life. And I love having that kind of life in my design work and in all of my creative work. It is fun for me. I also have series. So in my shop, like if I'm trying something new, I don't just release one design in a particular style. I list 10 to 15 unique designs with multiple items over the course of a few weeks, if not a few months. This is super great for me because it means I don't get tired of one design style and don't feel tied down, but I'm expanding that niche and trying it out. If I make a ton of flower collages, you can guess that my next design cycle will probably just be text because I'm so used to just really, um, really like making a, you know, these elaborate designs. Like, and then like, sometimes like I have a design in my shop right now. I don't know if it'll still be up because it hasn't been performing very well, but I did like, um, a silhouette, silhouette of a cowboy because cowboys have been really popular and it says round these parts and then the top says that and then the bottom says something funny so like one of them is we shoot photographs one of them is we say no to peanuts I made the shirt because I my son has really intense food allergies and I made him a shirt that said round these parts we don't we say no to peanuts and um because I have a couple of peanut allergy things I make him he loves to wear like allergy shirts so if you see any allergy shirts in my shop they're mostly for him And then I put them up afterwards and they sell sometimes. Um, But it's not like a big niche of mine. It's just something I make for my son and then put up all the way. There's a really cute one with like a sun and a world and it says egg free is the way to be because he's super allergic to peanuts and eggs. And um, it's fun. Like it's fun. And 
I love expanding on that. So I took that idea of this shirt that I made for my son and I just like made it a little bit bigger and had a little bit more fun with it. And that is something that all of us can do within print on demand and with paying attention to not just what sells, what we like doing. Have fun with it. Like make stuff that makes you smile and it's going to get more and more fun and more niche down and more of an expansion of that niche the more you make. It's really just so exciting and so fun. And I just love that. I love how much we can do within print on demand to just really just have fun with it and be able to test things out. It is a huge, I'm trying, I sound a little sappy, but it is a huge blessing to be able to do that kind of work because for so long you would have to put in these bulk orders. And if I seem like I talk about like that, about that a lot, it's because I have had to buy things before and then they didn't sell. Like even things like packaging sometimes. I've spent a ton of money on packaging for um my work before and then been like, I don't like this and then end up using something else for like um like for example, I decided I was gonna do glass boxes for my photographs once because they were really trendy at the time um when I would deliver proofs and then I was like I hate these boxes and I'd spent like five hundred dollars on them and I got through them the best I could but I didn't like doing it and I wasn't happy when I like put the boxes together and then I ended up just putting most of them in storage anyways. Um, (laughs) Because it wasn't for me. And I had read so much about how great this was and I had been delivering my photographs in a very different way. And then I was like, "Mm, this isn't for me, but I tried it. And so I understand what it's like to build, to buy product and then not have profit from it. And what's so fantastic about print on demand is yes, it costs something if you're listing on a platform like Etsy. Yes, if you have your own website, you have to pay maintenance fees. Yes, of course, there's going to be processing fees and platform fees on whatever you're selling. But there's so much you can do when you are expanding that niche in a way that is basically no risk. My husband always says if I make something ridiculous, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not even gonna, this is so like, this is too much. He's like, it's 20 cents. And I put it up because I sell on, you know, again on Etsy. And so I have that 20 cent fee. And I love that. And sometimes those, again, those most ridiculous shirts are the ones that sell. The first one that I ever had that sold extremely well, I think it's the only one that ever got a badge on Etsy. I don't, I've never had a bestseller badge on my print on demand shop, like an actual badge. And I can't remember if this one had a bestseller or just the popular now, but it, um, so it was a long time ago and it was my first badge and that one got it. And it was when I had barely anything in my shop and it was that flower dinosaur shirt that just like I made thinking it was so ridiculous. And that was the design that really made me think, okay, I can do this and I can make some fun stuff. And it really started a whole um, genre for me because I can do, uh, I have so many flower collage designs through all of my different niches from photography to history to books. I love flower collages. They're really fun. And if I hadn't made that first dinosaur one, I never would have made it. But when I put up that dinosaur one, I thought it was totally ridiculous. So honestly, if you make something and you think it's so ridiculous, I say that's the one you should post. I say put that one out there because someone out there is going to have a completely ridiculous humor too. And if it doesn't sell, it's just 20 cents. It's just a listing on your website. It's not a big deal. Not every single design you put out there is going to be the 
you know, a representation of everything in the world about you. It's just a fun design that you're putting up and seeing if it makes somebody else happy too. Okay, I hope this was a fun one. It ended up being a little bit shorter than I thought. I thought this was gonna be our longest episode, but I just love this topic. I love the idea of expanding your niche in a way that you can really pull it against different multiple design styles and genres because again, if you do things like flowers like I do, I can put that on anything. Like I have a couple speech therapist shirts that sell sometimes, not a ton, but they're out there. I don't do a lot of occupation, but I have a really fun speech therapist flower collage one. I have fun stuff like that that I can really pull together and have a lot of fun with. So I hope that was helpful, guys, and know that you can make whatever you want. Like you can do literally whatever you want with your print-on-demand business as long as it's like you're, you know, staying within the rules. (laughs) You know, don't commit any IP infringement, but have fun with it. Okay, I'll talk to you guys later. Um, Next week is our last of the official episodes, and that one's going to be about social media and selling on your own website. I'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. (laughs) 